the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit be with you. Whether you're listening from far away or next to beautiful Seneca Lake, we hope that through the reading and proclaiming of Scripture, you hear God's wisdom, challenge, and blessing for you today. If you're able to worship with us on Sunday mornings at 9.30, we at Hector Presbyterian Church would love to share Christ's peace with you. As we prepare to hear the scriptures, let us pray. Almighty God, send us your spirit so that your word illumines our lives and your church may shine with the radiance of glory through Jesus Christ, light of the world. Amen. A reading from the prophet Jonah. Listen for God's word to you. The Lord's word came to Jonah, Amittai's son. Get up and go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it for their evil has come to my attention. So Jonah got up to flee to Tarshish from the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship headed for Tarshish. He paid the fare and went aboard to go with them to Tarshish, away from the Lord. But the Lord hurled a great wind upon the sea so that there was a great storm on the sea. The ship looked like it might be broken to pieces. The sailors were terrified, and each one cried out to his God. They hurled the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to make it lighter. Now, Jonah had gone down into the hold of the vessel to lie down and was deep in sleep. The ship's officer came and said to him, How can you possibly be sleeping so deeply? Get up! Call on your God. Perhaps the God will give us some thought to us so that we won't perish. Meanwhile, the sailors said to each other, Come on, let's cast lots so that we might learn who is to blame for this evil that's happening to us. They cast lots, and the lot fell on Jonah. So they said to him, Tell us, Since you're the cause of this evil happening to us, what do you do and where are you from? What's your country and of what people are you? He said to them, I'm a Hebrew. I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. Then the men were terrified and said to him, What have you done? The men knew that Jonah was fleeing from the Lord because he had told them. They said to him, What will we do about you so that the sea will become calm around us? The sea was continuing to rage. He said to them, Pick me up and hurl me into the sea. Then the sea will become calm around you. I know it's my fault that this great storm has come upon you. Then they picked up Jonah and hurled him into the sea, and the sea ceased its raging. Meanwhile, the Lord provided a great fish to swallow Jonah. The word of our Lord. 
Thanks be, Thanks to, be God. to God. Our second reading comes to us from the Gospel of Matthew. Listen for the voice that began creation. Now when Jesus heard that John was arrested, he went to Galilee. He left Nazareth and settled in Capernaum, which lies alongside the sea in the area of Zebulun and Naphtali. This fulfilled what Isaiah the prophet said, Land of Zebulun and land of Naphtali, along the sea, across the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people who walked in the dark have seen a great light, and a light has come upon those who lived in the region and shadow of death. From that time, Jesus began to announce, Change your hearts and lives. Here comes the kingdom of heaven. As Jesus walked alongside the Galilee Sea, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, throwing fishing nets into the sea because they were fisherfolk. Come, follow me, he said, and I'll show you how to fish for people. Right away they left their nets and followed him. Continuing on, he saw another set of brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with Zebedee, their father, repairing their nets. Jesus called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. The word of the Lord. In the ninth grade, I dreaded first period. For a whole year, as the teacher called attendance and announced the lesson, my heart sank into my stomach. Every morning for a year, I started the day slogging through art class. Art class, I know. When I signed up, I thought I'd be priming the creative pump for the school day. You know, easing into things with a little self-expression. I was, after all, a very practiced doodler. I didn't know that I'd be laboring over a block of rubber, trying to and failing to carve out a stamp. I didn't know that I'd be eking out a pen and ink drawing of a rhinoceros guessing at the proportions. I didn't know that art class would be so much work. Whenever my peers and I would complain, we can't do this, our teacher had a favorite response. Can't never jumped over the fence which didn't encourage confidence as much as it baffled us. Can't never jumped over the fence? Okay, why would I be jumping over fences? 
Can, can we talk about how high this fence is? Uh, is this fence made out of rubber? <laughs> Does it stink like paper mache? We were confused. Kant never jumped over the fence. The prodigal prophet Jonah didn't even bother trying when God summoned him to pronounce judgment against Nineveh, that great city at the center of the Assyrian Empire, he immediately went in the opposite direction. Compared to Matthew's story of four fishermen who drop everything on a dime to follow Jesus, Jonah makes more sense to me. The overwhelming sensation of panic the overload of pressure, the drop in the pit of the stomach. We know what that feels like. Whether we've silently repeated it to ourselves, I can't do this. I can't do this. Or whether we've confessed it to family and colleagues, or whether we've insisted it to our teachers. We understand the urge to book a one-way ticket to Tarshish. As Americans, it's tempting, so tempting, to turn the disciples' story into an antidote to Jonah-like jitters. You know, a three-point plan or a pill to bolster our resolve to do better, be better, make ourselves better, for Jesus' sake even. But Emmanuel raises his hands and says, Whoa, whoa, slow down. Jesus, the beloved, knows how hard we can be on ourselves, how unkind we can be to ourselves. Behind the protest, I can't do this, he hears the unspoken words, I'm not enough, not good enough, not strong enough, not faithful enough, not enough for you, Lord. Slow down, says the Son of God. Listen again. Notice how the disciples don't speak in Matthew's telling of the story because this story isn't ultimately about them. It's about God and what God is doing through Jesus. After all, Jesus is the one who does the talking, and Jesus doesn't make any demand without following up with a promise. First, there's the kickoff, the cliff note summary of Jesus' preaching tour in Capernaum. There's a command, change your hearts and lives which in most of our Bibles is repent, literally rethink, turn around. And there's a promise. Here comes the kingdom of heaven. 
command and promise, not cause and effect, not if you're a very good person and repent, then you'll earn entry into the kingdom of heaven. Instead, because the kingdom of heaven is coming to transform everything, come, be a part of it. And then there are the encounters on the beach with those unsuspecting fishermen. A command, come, follow me. And a promise, I will show you. I will show you how to fish for people. The old Sunday school song gets it surprisingly right. You know the one. I will make you fishers of men if you follow me. Because following Jesus is fueled by this strange adventure he promises to fish for people, to let the kingdom shape our talents and skills into the arts of heaven and earth. Come and follow, because when we sigh, I can't do this, Jesus assures us, dear one, I can. This promise, this baptismal grace is never far from God's call and command. It even sweeps up jumpy Jonah into its watery embrace. Down over the side of the ship he goes, soon to be lost in the surge of the waves. But the Holy One provides, provides a great fish to swallow Jonah, keeping him safe and sound for three days and three nights. Swallowed up by grace, Jonah rests in the promise that will sustain him in fulfilling his charge. That same grace enveloped Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., whose birth and work we commemorate this Monday. It embraced him, standing in his kitchen one January midnight in 1956. The late James Cone, in his book The Cross and the Lynching Tree, tells the story of that fearful night in the early weeks of the Montgomery bus boycott when Dr. King received a telephone call threatening to bomb his house if he did not leave Montgomery in three days. Fear for himself and for his family drove King from his bed to the kitchen where he prayed out loud, Lord, I'm down here trying to do what's right. But Lord, I must confess that I am weak now. I'm faltering. I'm losing my courage. And in the wake of this honest prayer, Dr. King said that he heard a voice, a voice saying, 
Martin Luther, stand up for righteousness. Stand up for justice. Stand up for truth. And lo, I will be with you even to the end of the world. Dr. King's house was, in fact, bombed three nights after that phone call. King was at a bus boycott meeting, and his family was able to escape out of harm's way. Strangely enough, he later said, I accepted the word of the bombing calmly. My religious experience a few nights before had given me the strength to face it. That strength carried him through the journey of that 381-day bus boycott, facing fierce hatred with nonviolence and forgiveness. Command and promise. Stand up. I will be with you. Those are gospel words. In fact, they are the last words that Jesus speaks to his disciples in Matthew's telling. I will be with you always until the end of this present age. From the very beginning on the shores of the Galilee Sea to the very end, Jesus goes with us. Promise in hand. I will show you. I will be with you. The kingdom of heaven comes near. These are words of comfort. Yes, they make us strong like a fortress when the beloved accompanies us on life's roadways. But they are not magic pills. They are not deus ex machina, God from the machine words. They help us lay aside words like can't and never. But that fence, that fence still blocks our path, daring us to try jumping over its daunting heights. Jesus washed in the Jordan, Jesus, heaven's delight and child of the Most High, stands with us as we prepare to follow him, to follow his path over, under, around, or even through the kingdom's obstacles. He comes to us in Capernaum, having left Nazareth because John, the man who baptized him, had been arrested, thrown into prison. It won't end well for John, and neither will Jesus be spared from suffering, but the kingdom of heaven, God's dream for the world, is worth the risk. As another disciple wrote, in the letter to the Hebrews, because of God's promise, because Jesus, the great high priest, understands trials and temptations, because the Spirit has surrounded us with so great a cloud of witnesses, let's also run the race that is laid out in front of us. 
Let's throw off any extra baggage, get rid of the sin that trips us up, and fix our eyes on Jesus, faith's pioneer and perfecter. Jesus endured the cross, ignoring the shame, and for the sake of the joy that was laid out in front of him, and sat down at the right side of God's throne. And so, friends, I ask you, what does the grace that washes over you invite you to lay aside? The nets of your labor or your busy work, your self-doubts playing I can't do this on repeat. Whatever it is, let it yield to the twin gifts of God's command and God's promise. Let the invitation, I will show you a new way to live, inspire you to arise, to stand up, whether it's midnight or midday. Let Jesus' faithful word, I will make you laborers of love. Let his word draw you into his path, whether you're standing in your kitchen or on the beach. Let the dawn of a world utterly transformed by God's grace and mercy, by God's justice and peace, make you stop in your tracks and turn to let the rising sun warm your face and change your heart. For this promise, for this grace, let us give all glory and gratitude to God, the eternal voice from heaven, the anointed and beloved one, the spirit moving over the waters, Amen.